Ready. Set. Game cast. Welcome to Ready Set Gamecast, a bi-weekly podcast about video games and Batman. I am Bryce, and I am joined by the not-Batman, Dexterity. <laughs> That's me, I'm the not-Batman. <laughs> and the Batman Beyond, Alex O'Neill. It's me, Terry McGinnis, your Batman Beyond. <laughs> Which... Robin is the best Robin. Tim Drake. Dick Grayson. Just because his name is Dick. You all are wrong. It's Damian Wayne. He's the best. He's Ugh. the true but Robin. Wasn't that his son? Yeah, his, his actual son. That's weird. Why is that weird? No thanks. I don't want to go crime fighting with my child. What kind of irresponsible parent is like, come on, son, we're going to go fight bad guys. They might have guns, but it's no, fine. No, it's awesome because Damien Wayne was ro- uh, raised by... Um, Rachel Ghoul. Rachel Ghoul's daughter. Well, basically... Yeah, the, Talia, right? Yeah, basically the, like, uh, assassins and stuff. So one day he, like, shows, like, just gets dropped off with Batman. It's like, hey, here's your son. And Damien's just like, I'm going to murder everyone. And, yeah. and Batman's just like, hey, we punch people. And he just pulls out his sword and is like, stab. And is like, please stop. Yeah, please <laughs> stop. Damien wins messed up, man. Like, he'll, he, he tries to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as it, like, at this point, he's kind of like become a happy medium. But I love like how much of a dick he is. Like, all the other Robins are just like, oh, thanks, thanks, Dad. Or like, thank you, uh, Bruce Wayne, for taking care of me. I, I love you. And Damian Wayne's just like, fuck you, Dad. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, Dick Grayson's also like, fuck you, Batman. <laughs> like, so. Oh, he can't, yeah. I guess he's de- also a dick. They're, they're more like even, even footing in most of the stories, but yeah. Uh, which one died? Um, All of them. Uh, Tim Drake? Not Tim. It was, it was Robin 2. What's his name? Jason Todd died. Yeah, Jason Todd. I, Jason Todd's definitely the most like, fuck you, Batman, because Batman did let him die. I mean, he didn't know he wasn't dead. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, he he did die, and then he came, he got resurrected. He he straight up was dead for a minute. Honestly, Jason Todd's just got daddy issues, and I, I'm not here for it. Um. Well, you know, I'm who... always here for daddy issues. So is Sora. Winky face to Riku. <laughs> I want Sora to call me daddy. Hell yes. Okay. Well, we've got a lot of excitement <laughs> for Kingdom Hearts three, but until that comes out, we've been playing video games that aren't that one. What are those, Darian? So, I mean, mostly other Kingdom Hearts games. Nice. Take me through it. Darian, I want to know everything right now. Just take me through it. So I think since the last time I played, I finished Kingdom Hearts 2. I played (laughs) most of... Ventus's story in Birth by Sleep and then Rage Quit. Yeah, you like Rage Quit at literally the final battle, but that's a little bit on you because all you had to do was like smash buttons, but you instead of hitting retry, you hit continue. And then we're I like, I didn't know. You had done it a few times and I was like, is she doing that on purpose? Because you were every time you did a boss battle and failed, you were clicking continue instead of retry. And it's like, why doesn't why doesn't she click retry so she doesn't have to go through the cutscenes again? 
Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know to do that. I didn't pay attention. Because <laughs> I'm used to the options being continue or uh, title menu or title screen or whatever the fuck menu. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Continue. I got to keep going. I got to, you know, continue. I didn't really, I didn't even, I didn't even realize retry was an option until I was just about done killing Vanitas. And then I had to start over and I was like, fuck this. I don't give a shit about how this game goes. <laughs> I'm done. See. The thing that's, yeah, I, I mentioned this uh, before the show. The thing that scares me the most about Kingdom Hearts 3 is how much of the mobile game is in there. Because <laughs> I I have played the mobile game, but that is just a serious grind fest of, like, give us your money if you want to see this story. And they, they put out that back cover thing, but parts of, like, Ventus was in that game, and you don't learn that from that back cover. So yeah. there's information that you do not get unless you played uh, the mobile game. Yeah, I don't. I I have a feeling that the I don't know obviously, but I have a feeling that the mobile game stuff is kind of like less important. Well, I know I've seen that little creature is in a cutscene for Kingdom Hearts three, and um, they put out these uh, like explanations of the past games on their YouTube channel, and it has the little creature. Um, like narrating the story. Doctor Meow Mix, I believe, is his, yeah. his name. Yep, Meowth. Uh, That's right. is that real? No, no. <laughs> he's he's like a little cat with a cape, though. He's yeah. very cute, and probably evil. He's the real. He's the next bad after probably. after Zen and Zenimus. Zenanort. Zeminus. Zeminusnort. Um. Okay. How's how's Kingdom Hearts, Darren? Oh, it's very good. All of them? I'm just grinding to all all of them. All of them are good, except for Chain of Memories. That one can suck a dick. <laughs> I I really love the story of Chain of Memories. Me too. The actual stuff of it, yeah, the gameplay sucks. The gameplay yeah. is very bad, and I really just wish they would have dropped the bullshit when they did read Chain of Memories, but they didn't. They still made me suffer, and I hate it very much. I will never play Chain of Memories or read Chain of Memories ever again, never. You can't pay me enough to make me do it. I will give you $200. I'll give you $3,000. <laughs> never, ever, no matter how much. Okay, $200, i will do it. <laughs> All right, any money? Sure. Never, no matter how much money you give me, $200. All right, well, I guess I'm playing Streams dollars. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's do this. No, mm-hmm. I get it. I, I, I'm with you, Bryce. I really like the story of that game, but yeah. I'm just not a fan of, of card games just in general. So. And I played Chain of Memories really, like, really late um after i played kingdom hearts uh two um Mm -hmm. for for sure because like originally that was on game boy advance and i did not have Mm -hmm. that um oh so you've only played rechain of memories yeah i've only ever finished rechain of memories yeah oh my gosh i almost didn't finish rechain of memories because i finished chain of memories on the game boy advance and it was exponentially more enjoyable on the game boy because i think it was smoother like, I feel like somewhere in the update, in, in bringing, you know, I guess the remake, I guess, um, I feel like some of the essence of the game was lost. 
Most people, most people do say that, but I, I had a considerably better and easier time playing Reach and Memories than I did the original. But I, keep mind, like a ten year difference. So like mm. I was a lot older uh, when I played Reach and Memories. Yeah, I ended up having to like set Ari uh, Chain of Memories down for like a year and then end up trying it again. Re-Chain of Memories. Apparently she doesn't like when I say Ari Chain of Memories. It's just re... <laughs> it's like remake, remaster, nope, re-chain of memories. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's the pronunciation of X when you're talking about Kingdom Hearts? Is it X? I it's bet it's X. It's <laughs> And I think that has more to do with the Japanese, isn't it? It's a Greek symbol. Oh. Yeah. I think it is it's funny too, because when they introduce that, they also say they're like, the key sometimes pronounced Kai. And I was like, Y'all just fucking yourself on this they, one. They only mentioned that once, too. Literally once. <laughs> I agree. Um Hey Alex, what are you hey. playing? Uh, I played some stuff. I don't know. Like, do we just want to, Darren, do you just want to talk about Kingdom Hearts more? Like, oh, no. I'm just working on, uh, I'm in a level 99 Sora for the first time in my life in Kingdom Hearts 2 before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Did you play the cutscenes, watch the cutscenes from Recoded and 365 Two Days? A me or or Darian? Darian, because she's been. I did three five eight over two days. I did not do coded. Yeah, that's what I did today. Was I basically yelled at my girlfriend for not having experienced um, three sixty five two days because like how? Am... Oh my god, it's three fifty eight over two days. Three sixty five. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm used to this at this point, so. Just ignorance, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. he doesn't really care. He he's not a real really fan. No, he's a fake. Um, fan. But how how important is his story, especially like it basically like makes sense why Axel acts the way he does towards Sora in both Chain of Memories and in uh, uh, Two. Um, and I was like, how how have you not seen this? So I was like, oh, we're gonna watch that. And then before I was going to load that up, I was like, well, I haven't seen our uh, Recoded. Um. And uh, we sat and watched that. And a lot of that is like kind of filler, but it does explain what Maleficent's motivate, what she's trying to achieve in Kingdom Hearts 3. And um, the second secret ending to that makes me think that somebody else got Norded. I have a theory. Some people say my theory is wrong, but I've got a pretty uh, good theory about who got Norded. Are we getting into it's sp- a bad theory. Spoiler no, it's I mean, it's not a, even... It's a theory for, yes, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but, yeah, like, there there was a Xenonort, a version of Xenonort in a room. Xenonort! With, oh, my God! What is wrong with you? With a bunch of boys, and I was like, of these boys, this is my pick for who got Norded. Uh-huh. And, and, uh... And you, his you, guess you, is Axel, and he's very wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Axel <laughs> got Norded. It's stupid. Okay, we'll find out. Because <laughs> Axel was in the room. Guy was like, "Hey, which one of these bad boys are you gonna get in?" And and uh... <laughs> who you want to get in here? Can we talk about? Can we take a step back to like Bryce's toxic home environment where he's yelling at his girlfriend <laughs> in the video games? 
You need you need to love Axel like I love Axel. You don't, you don't fucking get it. No, he has a keyblade now. He's also norted. Um But yeah, we uh we I had to stop watching uh 358 over two days uh to do this uh podcast. So uh I don't know what I I I have played it before. I have played through it, but I haven't got any secret endings or anything. Um, I don't think there's a secret ending to that game. Don't all of them have secret endings? I, as far yeah. as I know, but I'm, I'm thinking back, and I like I don't remember. I mean, Recoded had two secret endings. So, Kingdom Hearts two secret ending alluded to all of Birth by Sleep. Yeah, I mean that was like which I unlocked for the first time on accident while I finished Kingdom Hearts two the other day, and I don't know how because the criteria is basically to 100% the game, which I think they lessened when they did Final Mix, but I still didn't even do all of the missions or get all of the treasures at all. What difficulty did you play on? Standard. Standard, yeah, that's weird. You have to finish Timmy's journal to get the secret ending. I was legit. I was so confused because it wouldn't let me skip through the credits, and I was like, "This is weird." Like, I got to skip through the credits in Kingdom Hearts One. Like, so, but Kingdom Hearts in in the final mix of Kingdom Hearts Two, there's like two versions of the secret ending. There's like the short one, uh, and then there's like the really long, like four minute version where it's like you see the whole fight. So maybe mm, you just get the. I think the, I just got the short one. Yeah, if you, I think you might just get the short one for finishing the game, no matter what, in the final mm, mix version. Okay. So. But that long one, very cool. Um, so yeah, see the truth. Ah, what did I just do? Oh God, what have I done? Okay, Taryn murdered somebody. While no, she... I'm being stabbed in my ankle by something I can't see. It's a cat. It's a it's a cat with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a gun gun sword. So it's she a gun gets... sword. It's Ooh, yeah, swallow up in this bitch. Um. Hey, Alex, can you tell me about video games? Yeah, I played some video games. Um, it's funny. So I, I, uh, I've, I played the Kingdom Hearts games like all through again like last year. I did this limited run podcast with the, the fine folks over at Three Best Friends. Uh, and they, uh, we, we all played through all the Kingdom Hearts games. That was fun. Um, I'm very excited for tonight to play those games. Uh, but outside of Kingdom Hearts... Um, I played some Sea of Thieves. Have you all... How's that game shaping up to? I recently picked up an Xbox. There's a Shopco closing out. And they're like, take anything in the store. Just have it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, maybe this is my chance to get an Xbox. And Nice. Uh, it was an Xbox S. I think it was like a launch Xbox S. Um, S is still great. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I've been poking around in the Game Pass. I haven't gotten to Sea of Thieves just because I feel like the most of that fun is with the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right away when that first came out, everybody was poking around at it. But now it's kind of like, you know, died down quite a bit. I, like I played uh, maybe like four hours, one, like one session uh, with my friend Nato back in March when it came out, right? Just very, very dabbled with it. And I was like, man, this is... I spent... 35 minutes trying to put a pig in a cage and I was like <laughs> is that a euphemism <laughs> no that's like a literal like some one of the the trading guild or whatever it's like they'll send you on odd jobs and it's like catch a chicken catch a pig like here's some cages go fucking catch us animals we love to curse on this show 
I forgot. I yes, mean, absolutely. Literally, last time you were on this show, I had I had to add the explicit thing to the title because normally we're allowed we curse, but we've got into last some, time we some talked things. about tentacle porn. Yeah, we got oh, into yeah. some X rated <laughs> stuff. So I think if you could keep it to just cursing, I think that's gonna maybe. I mean, I'll put it up either way. But I don't know what you mean by just cursing. I I have a way of life. I'm a free spirit. And I don't want to be oppressed like this. Jesus, you you live your best life. The they'll have to adapt to you. Live my best life. Um. Anyway, Sea of Thieves. I played uh, my my co-host on Irrational Passions podcast, uh, Tony. He got like way into it um plug plug uh got way into it recently like put like over 100 hours into it in the last like few weeks um because like he follows like that the guy who's like the number one streamer now uh, and he plays sea of thieves all the time um ninja number one streamer on twitch i should say um bigger than ninja i forget what the guy's name is do you guys know? know this guy's name? <laughs> the most famous guy on Twitch. I don't know his name. I, I mean, no, I, I've never watched him. It's not most famous. He's most. It's like the most watched. Shroud. Uh, might no. I don't think Shroud's right. Is okay. Ninja Shroud Summit. 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 That's it. Um, but yeah. So he plays Sea of Thieves all the time. So my co-host got into it. He's like, "You've got an Xbox. You own this game. Come play this game with me." So he played on PC. I played on Xbox. We got together. It was my first time, like, actually playing on, like, the four-man ship, the Galleon. Um, and, obviously, it was the first time for me playing it in nine months. Uh, that game was, like, totally different. Like, down to, like, the UI, the way the guns shoot and feel. Like, is it, it is a different game than when it first came out, which is cool. I mean, like, obviously, I, I'm not a stranger to games that have changed dramatically uh, since launch. Like, Destiny, one of my favorite games. Um, Destiny 2, my most played game of last year, easily. Um, and I, I had a really good time. It, it you know, is, is mostly like just dicking around us. Like we tried to do like this multi-part quest where it's like, go to these islands and like the dangerous part of the sea. Basically Tony's like, who had been playing it for hours and hours and hours. Like, cool. This is your first time playing in forever. We're going to do literally the hardest thing that you can do in this game. Let's go. It's like, all right. <laughs> um, and we fought like a ghost ship. We got attacked by a megalodon. Like tons of crazy stuff happened, uh, and I had a good time. I think like there is still uh, some level of umbrage I take with playing the game. I, the shooting is better now than it was at launch, but it's still not great. Um, there's still a whole lot of like we got hit by a lot of cannonballs, and somebody's got to go patch up these holes in the in the bottom of the ship and like take out the water and it's like all right but like i'm just doing this over and over again um there's still a whole lot of i just want to do this quest but i keep getting attacked by like this or that or this player or that player um etc cetera, etc cetera. but as far as like it it the way i described it on the most recent episode of ip where i talked about the experience it, it was the first time i felt like a part of a crew and it like worked and it was fun right um like when you you have like multiple people have to operate the sails on this ship, somebody's steering the ship, um, people are aiming the cannons, people are are like checking the map or, or or checking the compass or like doing whatever they need for quests, things like like everybody has to be doing different things at all times. Um, it, the it, it scratched this itch like the idea of Star Citizen if you guys are familiar with that like which will never come out but the the uh, the pitch for that game was like a space game where you you have like a ship 
and like you have multiple people running the ship like somebody's piloting it somebody's shooting the cannon somebody's like navigating things like that it felt like that on a on a on a smaller scale like actually attainable um and it was really cool like when when everything is working and you have a a, a group of people that are actually like working together to make it happen like to pilot this this galleon it feels really cool it's like there's nothing quite like it um and you feel like a crew in a way that few few games have ever even come close to i think that's rad have they given you a reason to i guess care like it kind of seemed like hey you go do these quests you get gold and then maybe you get a cosmetic thing like is there a sense of progression so like you have um the rank with all of the factions right like the the treasure faction or this faction or that faction or like their new faction that they've added in the the kind of two major expansions and really you're just kind of leveling up that faction getting money um i didn't get any of that keep in mind because i was like level one uh and then by doing this quest i went up to like level 13 with all the different factions uh because i was doing some very late game stuff the idea is if you max out all your factions you become a pirate legend and you get certain perks and stuff from that like certain ships and, and things like that um, I didn't get any of that. I was very much on a kind of like guided experience uh, where uh, I was being brought on this quest uh, and just going through the act of playing it. Um, so I, I didn't necessarily gleam any of that. It, I, for me, just from the outside looking in, it, it certainly didn't seem like it, but maybe that's there. And I think what is good about Sea of Thieves is the the act of playing it is very much a reward in of itself. Like it is... It is so unique in how it plays and in in what you're doing. Like you are scratching a very specific itch just by playing it with friends. So for some people, that's enough. So I had a good time at the very least. Played like a three and a half hour session where we did all these quests and stuff. Um, so Sea Thieves, all right. I don't know if I'll ever go back to it, but we'll see. Are you okay, Darian? Yeah, I just found proof that uh, Bryce's theory is wrong. Axel got norded. Suck on that. Anything else you've been playing? <laughs> um, I I went to uh, Florida this past weekend to visit my mom, uh, and on the flight, I've been playing replaying Hyperlight Drifter on Switch. Uh, still great. If neither of you have played it, it's phenomenal. It's like a grown-up Link to the Past in a lot of ways. Um, very very good. Uh, and the other thing, the big thing, is Resident Evil Two. I don't know if you guys have talked about that at all. No. Uh, Resident Evil 2, fucking very good, as it turns out. Take that to the explicit bank and cash it in. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I just can't handle scary games, and I feel like with how fucking gorgeous it is, I would not be able to make it anywhere in there. <laughs> it is like, so I'm, I, I, I would say I'm like in the, the last act of the first part of the game. Mm -hmm. um, which is like the police station. Obviously, everybody kind of knows about that. Playing Leon first. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, Bryce. I keep plugging things. I, I'm not no, starting I, to feel bad. I've, I've never played, known nothing about Resident Evil. I have a vague knowledge of the new one, which takes place the, as the first part of the story or whatever. And I think I played Resident Evil 5 once, but that was like such a garbo game. Oh, Resident Evil 5 is great. 6 is Garbo. Uh, 
I, I, I'm i doing a limited run podcast called Raccoon City Radio with my good buddy, Andrew Taylor. So we're going to be playing, playing through it and kind of talking it in detail as we go through the two campaigns. Uh, we're doing Leon's first. Uh, but in the last part of the police station, um, this kind of infamous character that, again, I didn't really know anything about two going into this remake, uh, but the tyrant, or Mr. X, uh, shows up. He's a big hulking monster of a dude in a trench coat that just comes at you and tries to kill you. Um, well, like a first date, am I right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what a what a piece of garbo. Um, he's just there. <clears throat> so you're trying to do objectives in this police station, and this guy's just thumping around. You can't kill him. He's unstoppable. You can kind of slow him down if you hit him with enough weaponry, but obviously... Ammo is limited and, and, and scarce, so you don't want to necessarily waste it on him. Um, but he is just thumping around, tearing shit apart, and you can hear him walking around the police station as you're exploring, trying to, to fulfill these objectives. So you have to also, like, avoid him? Yeah. Ugh, fuck that. <laughs> it is like, the game went from, like, a very... I don't want to say like mellow, but like a, a good level of intensity as far as like, you know, a couple of like a zombie jumps out from here. And it's like, ah, oh, it's like a little bit startling, but not like I wouldn't equate it to like a big jump scare to like the idea of walking into a room and seeing him and knowing like I, I just have to turn around and go the other way now. <laughs> like I there I have to leave. I have to immediately evacuate the situation. Um, that sounds awful is very t- it is a level of tense it's very effective like i'll say like i'm i am more i don't like horror generally but i've over time i've gotten really into horror games thanks to dead space um and and from there I, i've kind of like gone back and played other resident evils and whatnot but uh yeah it's i mean it's cool it's effective it is unique um and it's not like ruining i would say like i i've gotten the most frustrated now that mr x has kind of entered the the police station you have to kind of go around him and and you have to learn to read a situation and be like all right what can i do to still do what i need to get done but not get murdered by this giant hulking monster um and it's see I can't handle shit like that i couldn't even handle the fucking rhino missions in spider-man <laughs> yeah i i get you it's it's not it's not for everybody, but it is it is very fun to play. Game looks great, like you said, um, and I don't know it feels great too. It just it's cool to have this game that I know is very important to a lot of people that I never played. I, I'm completely unfamiliar with, so everything is brand new to me in it. Um, and you know, be able to have it evoke all these emotions mm. and be a, a totally modern video game like it is as good as any video game that could come out this year. It, it is very well made. Uh, and I'm, I'm having a great time with it. It's just, it's exhausting to play sometimes. Um, yeah, it probably keeps your heart pumping the whole time. Oh, yeah. It is, it's cool, though. I, like, it. I'm into video games making me feel some kind of way. This makes me feel some kind of way. Maybe not all the best best ways, but it's, it's certainly effective. It, it works, like... Um, and just exploring the police station like that environment is so interesting and and well made and uh, like all the little puzzles kind of strewn about 
about the areas and all the items that you have to collect. It's it's like a Metroid game, you know. Like I go here, I have this key. Now I can get into these doors, and I can go back and get items and get resources that I'll need um, and explore around freely. But I might trigger new enemies coming or or old enemies coming back to life, things like that. So it's very good. I, I'm having a great time with it. Um, I'm obviously I'm doing this like limited run podcast all about it. Um, and I, I like what I've played a lot uh, so far. It's just, it's a lot. It's intense. Agreed. That's all I've been playing. Um, well, time to talk about something. This, this is the news. We're moving into the news. <laughs> this is my great transition. I had a great transition to it, but I want to clarify that this is the news now. Rice, but what have you been playing? Oh, yeah. Hey, I've been playing. Oh. I've been playing. <laughs> Red Dead because I jumped to him, I forgot that uh, my thing. I'm playing Red Dead Redemption two. Uh, I'm very early on. I loaded that up. Of, like I've had that for a while, basically since it came out. Nice. But there's just been other stuff that I've been more focused on. And then it was like, oh, game of the year. I need to try it. Like of the games I have access to, I feel like this is one I can just kind of like sit down and, and play and. I'll have something to talk about for a game of the year, which is what we recorded yesterday. It's going to be a minute before it comes out because that was two and a half hours. And, you know, there's a lot of things to edit. Um, But uh, I didn't get enough to really say a lot, but I'm really enjoying that game is it's very slow, but it is a very great like chill out game. If you just want to have a lazy Sunday, that is a really great game because I just like ride my horse around and go into the wilderness and just like hunt and just take your time. And it's really fun to just chill out and play. Um, I've also been, I also sat down and played Gris. Um, Grease. <clears throat> Sorry. For an afternoon. Is that how you say it? It's Grease, yeah. Is it? Grease? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's... That sounds so unappealing. Like the country of Greece. No, when I hear Greece, I work in a restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I can't not think about it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Greasy it's Greece. Burgers. That's weird, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I'm, I don't. I don't want to denounce like a country or, or attach it to a country or anything. But yeah, it is Greece. I I think it's. Mm. De- I think it's designed to be some. It's designed to be gray, because it's literally about basically uh, color coming back. Or, like, you're bringing color back into the game. And apparently, like, I've heard other people be like, it's about, like, loss and stuff. I was, I can get that to a certain extent. It's very, like, abstract about that. So you kind yes. of have to kind of read into it. But it is a very beautiful game. And um, did you finish it? Yeah. Like, it's only takes about three or four hours. Yeah. I, lo- I loved Greece. I was very emotional by the end of it. I think it is very much like, y- make you make what you make out of it like it is i i feel like different people will play that game and and kind of get different oh yeah things from it take away different things but yeah i i think loss is, is a big one but depression was a big one that i took away of like kind of overcoming your own internal depression and and adding color back to the world again yeah, yeah i i think it's a, a phenomenal phenomenal game i i just know that that one bit where that like snake is chasing you through the water it was just like my heart was pounding that entire time. Yeah. Like I felt like I was 
like one cl- uh, mistap from da- death the entire time. And probably like I, they probably was very lenient and they just kind of made it. So you like, couldn't thought you couldn't were about to die the entire time. But like the, it was, the music and the, the intensity of that all was so good. Yes. Um, another game that is quite good that I've been playing is Hades, which is out, uh, early access on the Epic game store. Yes. It is a super giant game. I've talked about it previously on this show, but Alex, uh, I was asking about it. So I figured yeah, I, I was curious. mention it again. The, it is, it is, uh, a story focused roguelike, um, where basically you, it's all about, you know, going out, trying to see how far you can get, uh, to escape hell. And, um, then you die and then you come back to, to, uh, you know, the, your dad's house, um, and are like all the people, all the characters are there, um, that you can talk to and, and, you know, you'll learn more about them and build friendships by talking to them and, and giving them gifts that you can find out in the world. Um, and then, you know, you'll level up and go try again and see how far you can get. And the, the game, like the way they handle that is so good because like you, it sucks to die because you are like, Oh man, it would be cool to get through this boss, get to the next challenge, see it, see how far I can get further. But when you come back, you're like, oh, it's another opportunity to talk to uh, Achilles. Like, does he have something new to say? Oh, it'd be like, who, 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 oh, what do people have to say this time? And it's great about the contextualization of everything. Like, if you die to um, a, a, like, little guy, like, it seems like the characters will, like, heckle you based on what killed you. And, like, Mm -hmm. there's lots of different, like, characters are interacting and stuff, but they, they play the story very slowly and subtly that I don't know how many runs I've done or how I've been playing for quite a de- decent amount of time. And there was just one little thing that um, Hades ended up saying that was like, oh, this completely recontextualizes everything. Because And there's definitely different lev- different interactions that I'm like, uh, at every moment going, who can I trust? Who's you know, what's really going on at the same time of just going, I need to, you know, the main, main gameplay thing of just fight your way through doesn't change, but I'm always asking myself, what's going to happen when I get out. Do you, do you feel like those kind of relationships are going to ultimately matter in the end, or is it just kind of flavor around you dying and playing again and again and again? There is actual like relationship bars, Oh. Literally, they'll be like, you are this many hearts into the relationship. Um, and uh, definitely you can give different people gifts. And the first time you do so, they'll give you something in return that will allow you to basically get a buff. Um, you can select one buff uh, per run. Um, things that are like, oh, um, this got like, uh, I'm trying to think of a god. Uh uh, Artemis will be the first god that you encounter and her uh, the ability she gives you will be more powerful or like um, you'll just go out with more health or whatever um, okay. but I feel like the in terms of the hearts you're unlocking more story 
I don't think there's multiple endings or anything. I just think it's more like, you know, you'll find out the story as you as you talk to the people. And and maybe the, if you did a speed run, you would probably, you know, get through the entire thing and not know the full story. Because, hmm. uh, yeah, I think they very much expect you to die to learn what's going on. I really liked what they did. I don't know if you played Pyre. Um, I played a little bit. It wasn't... It, I loved their other games. Um, uh, Bastion and uh, Transistor. Yeah, because they told the story as you were playing. Like, literally, you would be fighting and the char- characters would be talking to each other or, like, the mm-hmm. narrator would be talking as you fight. But Pyre, like, set, it seemed like the story was happening. Like, it was, like, bogged down between gameplay. Um, and, it, like, I was like, I want to I do more of the game, like, but I have to sit here and cl- click through these cutscenes or cut through mm-hmm. this conversation that mm-hmm. I, I bounced off. But That's fair. Like... The the trick with Pyre, I think, too, is, like, you don't really understand the scope of the story until you're, like, a few hours in. Um, but, like, for for your point of reference, because I... Did you ever, like... Did you get to a point where, like, a character would leave your party? No, I, I never got enough points to be able to send someone home. Okay. Because, uh, like, I, what I love about Pyre is, like, you're building to this right, and then, like, someone can leave. Like, you can just send them back to to the world or you can fail and and one of the antagonists of the of the game will go back to the world and then the way that that weaves into the ending uh is really really cool uh and the way everything kind of like the way that game has like a thousand different permutations of the ending just like based on what characters are where it's still like generally the same ending either it's this or that but like hearing how all of their stories kind of ended uh, is really really cool at the end of that game. So I, I they they've done really interesting stuff with how th- multiple endings or, or something a tapestry of endings. So I going of what you're saying about Hades, like maybe if these relationships, it's hard to tell, culminate. like because it is an early access. It's mm-hmm. I've I've made it through the first world and I think I made it to the final boss of the second world. Honestly, the second world is much easier and I don't know if that's because of balancing like it's that those are guys are just easier or if it's because you have gotten so many powers going through the first world that comes second world you're like yeah, I'm I'm good. Like I can I can handle like more uh, things because I'm just so OP at this point. Mm-hmm. But then come the final boss and I'm fighting like a, you know, a huge deal and it's like, okay. But, you know, it took me who kno- who knows how many tries to beat the boss in the first world and I still get stuck on her every once in a while. Okay. Um, I, I, maybe the entire game is there and they're just trying to optimize it and figure out balancing and stuff. I, it's hard to tell if yeah. the full story is in there. Yeah. That's cool though. I'm I'm whatever it is, I'm I'm excited to kind of see it once it's fully released. Yeah, if you're if you're into roguelikes or cool stories or both, um and, and this is definitely it slow plays the story. You're going to die and come back and maybe not get a p- part of the story. Um but then, you know, every every time I'll poke around and talk to every person and maybe they're just le- like, "Oh, you know, hope you're doing well." And just just having them just go like good luck out there is like oh that's cool 
But your 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 dad is a dick the entire time. But I yeah. I feel like there's a lot going on with him. I feel like he has a very interesting story that's gonna roll out as as we play. That's cool. Um. Yep. And then uh, I already mentioned the Kingdom Hearts cutscenes I've been watching today, and that is what I've been playing. Um. But a game that this is the news this time. Um, this is news. <laughs> a game that uh, some people won't be playing is Metro Exodus, and that is because it is not going to be on Steam. Uh, the developers, um, Deep Silver, Deep Silver CEO said, "Epic's game, uh, Epic's generous revenue terms are a game changer that will allow publishers to invest more into content creation." or pass on savings to the players. Uh, by teaming up with Epic, we will be able to invest more into the future of Metro and our ongoing partnership with series developer 4A Games to defend, to the benefit of our Metro fans. Um, yeah, the, I mean, we, we have seen, you know, like speaking of Hades, that is a game that is in early access exclusively on the Epic Game Store, which I believe it's been stated that after early access, they're going to come to Steam. But mm. if you want to play it now, you've got to do so on Epic. The EGS, as the kids are calling it. Is it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, there are definitely some people that are upset about that. Namely... A little company called Valve. Yeah. Um, according to Polygon's article, Valve calls exclusive Metro Exodus deal with Epic unfair to Steam gamers. Uh, I'll just read. I'll just read this big uh, quote that uh, Polygon has. Um, and this Valve alerted potential buyers about the exclusive exclusivity arrangement and weighed in on what it means for its customers. Uh, and this is the quote later today sales of Metro Exodus will be discontinued on Steam due to a publisher decision to make the game exclusive to another PC store the developer and publisher have assured us that all prior sales of the game on Steam will be fulfilled on Steam and Steam owners will be able to access the game and any future updates or DLC through Steam we think the decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers, especially after a long pre-sale period. We apologize to Steam customers that were expecting it to be available for sale through, this, through February 15th's release date, but we were only recently informed of this decision and given limited time to let everyone know. So I will say, like, boohoo Valve, like, whatever, they'll be fine. Um, but... It is. It is. It does suck. Like the game was on their listed on their store, and people were buying it like in anticipation, like pre-purchasing it, um, and like you know, pre essentially pre-ordering it, um, with the expectation that they'll be able to play it there. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they they were refunded their money, and they could just go to the Epic Game Store and, and pre-order it. And plus, it's it's also going to be on Steam again. But spoilers. Um, I, that does kind of suck. Like it, it being, it's been, it's had a Steam page since it was announced, or at least at some point over the last couple of years, uh, and people have been able to spend money on it via Steam with the expectation that they would get it on that platform, and it was pull, pulled from that platform. Um, that is shitty. 
Um, and I think that that's on uh, it's Deep Silver. I think is publishing that. Yeah. Um, that's on them, and and I don't think Valve deserves to get kind of like the the brunt of the the blowback for that because obviously they they had very little to do with this decision. Yeah. Um, but that's a bummer. Um, I Ashen uh has a Steam page because I remember originally seeing that and wishlisting it on Steam, and then they went exclusive to the Epic Game Store. I think that's a timed exclusive. Eventually, they are going to come over to Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I they hadn't they weren't taking orders, so this was the first time that somebody was like, you know, getting money on Steam, and then was like, nope. We're we're going exclusively epic, uh, which yeah, I will say that is kind of a shitty move, but I don't know, like, and it definitely se- like Darian for sure is somebody who is like, I will not install Epic. Down with Epic. True. I mean, not down with Epic. They're just fine. I don't see the point in padding their pockets anymore. Fortnite, more like uh, for dumb. Yep. Yeah, you got it. You get it. <laughs> well, not everybody can be the the hot new Fortnite, but PUBG is gonna try. Darian, can you tell me about that? <laughs> Hold on. Wait. I'm actually genuinely curious. Do you think that uh, at, there will be any point where PUBG tries to be on the Epic Game Store? No. Ooh. It's yes. literally like. Are you sure? Unless I think so. Unless I could see that being a thing. I mean, obviously, like, PUBG and Epic have some, like, are a little bit... Well, PUBG is a little bit cranky with Epic due to all of the stuff. Epic's wild success and PUBG dying because of it. Yeah, unless unless Steam becomes second place in terms of where you buy games, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it will happen because... Money? I money yes, but I I I see the Epic Game Store as something that is like it's it's booned up front, like the on the front end it is helped a lot by Fortnite, but on the back end it is something that just has to be a platform for everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like it is not successful if it is not an approachable platform. Well, I I mean I think Epic would allow them on there, but would PUBG want to go on there? I mean, if if they yes. think people are gonna buy it there, yeah. I think I don't think they would do like pull from Steam, blah blah blah, something like that. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't think they'd pull, but I think they would just put it I on. You could see them adding it. Yeah. Anyway, PUBG is also adding uh, PUBG Lite. They're testing it out in Thailand. Um, it's designed to be a slimmed down version of the game that will still perform on PCs that don't have hardware meeting the main game's minimum or recommended specifications. I only eat PUBG Lite. I don't eat regular PUBG anymore. Mm, Gotta mm. slim down. Well, that's weird. You live in Thailand. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> if wow. only. I know it's a very multicultural podcast. You guys. I was going to say right our first foreign guest, but we've had Scribbly. I'm pretty sure that's the yeah. farthest. We've had someone from Norway. Norway. Yeah. Can I just be your guys's favorite guest? We've we've yes. had a we've had a literal cartoon character from Norway. Have you seen Scribbley? I've never seen Scribbley. I don't know who you're oh talking about. Oh my god! You need to watch He's that so episode. So cool! I t- I told 
Darian that like we should have both you and Scribbly on an episode just to see your reaction to Scribbly. I imagine that Darian's now showing you Scribbly via some sort of message. What? No, I'm just going to find the web or the episode so I can have it playing with no sound and I can just watch it. Okay, that's good that you're going to watch our past episode with our good friend Scribbly instead of the one with our also good friend Alex O'Neill that's currently happening in front of you. I'm currently in that one. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't mind. It's weird because all of your Ready Set Gamecast ones just have like memes for the pictures and I just don't, fi- it's, I don't, it's Harry I don't know how to find it. It's Harry, oh, it's Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Thanks for clearing that up for me. Thanks for the assist. Oh, yeah. We did a Harry Potter quiz, and Scribbly didn't know oh, anything yeah. about Badgers, Harry Potter. Badgers, question mark? I remember that. <laughs> yes. he, didn't know, he didn't know anything about fucking Harry Potter? I guess I guess it's not big in Norway. Huh. Um, That's weird. Hey, Darren, do you have anything else to say about PUBG Lite? Nope. It's going to be free to play. Oh, Really? I didn't read the whole article. Great. <laughs> That's that's why I think it's trying to it's go trope. for Fortnite's like thing is it's it's a free to play can play on anything you know battle royale so it's I feel like they're going like how can we get Fortnite's people and they're like well we need to be able to play on where the Fortnite people are playing it I my bet is that this this game is not necessarily for the US it is for China maybe yeah I think it's for more of the um the eastern market mm-hmm. anything with like a uh gaming cafe anything like that anywhere mm-hmm. like you can just pick up and play this on literally anything and it's free right. to play i think that would do way better that makes sense in that kind of market yeah it has canceled um the star wars open world game which is the x visceral project rest in peace Vix- uh, visceral they made uh dead space right Yes. Those them? Yeah. Honestly, that pisses me most about Visceral going down was Dead Space is a great series. Yes. Um, but give us Dead Space Remastered, you fucking cowards. Oh, that'd be great. Dead Space and Mass Effect Remastered would literally print money, but no one seems to want to do it at EA. Because we don't do remasters. Here's Burnout Paradise Remastered. Uh, so this is a quote from EA. So there, it was rumored uh, based on Kutaku. Uh, EA uh, offered uh, this, uh, I guess, rebuttal, which is um, seems to only be confirmation. They said, <laughs> there's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We're fully committed to make more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, and we'll share more of our new projects when the time is right. Which just totally lines up with what Kotaku said was that game was canceled and then they were uh, going to work on a new Star Wars game. Yeah. And, like, keep in mind, this game was never really announced, too. Yeah. So, like, this is a project that didn't even become... They were now never even confident enough to announce, but they were working on likely for at least a year and then canceled. <laughs> it's just... The, Yikes. The thing that just pisses me off about this is that EA is the only one who can make Star Wars games right now, and they have been doing nothing good with it. Their contract, I found it, is through 2022, I believe, or 2023. Um, I'm all I can think about is like Disney has to be thinking about 
buying out that contract. Like wh- however much money they need to pay EA to cancel, like break that contract. Like they're they have to be considering it. It could be billions of dollars, and it would still be more profitable to cancel it. I think and have any other developers start making Star Wars games, um, especially with like Marvel Spider Man being one of the best selling video games of 2018. Uh, and that's another one of their properties that was like, they're all, everything they're doing Marvel is like going well, uh, and it's like, man, if we just did this with Star Wars, maybe we'd be making money hand over fist. Um, and they're not, and yeah. all EA is doing is canceling Star Wars games, and and almost brought down like li- like hurt gaming in general because of a Star Wars game. Yeah, like they are detrimentally affecting the industry. They've closed at least two major developers internal developers including visceral which is like considered very highly by a lot of people it's a huge bummer uh darian can you tell me about another huge bummer another huge bummer is that gamestop canceled a bunch of the kingdom hearts 3 special edition ps4 pre-orders they oversold them by a lot at a lot of locations and they just um what forced refunds yeah, or gave they, they um, canceled them and were like, "Here's twenty five dollars." Yes, a twenty five dollar gift coupon. Yikes! <laughs> to only be used at GameStop. Yeah, my brother, uh, his console was canceled under this. Uh, super sucks. He had already sold his PlayStation Four in anticipation of finally upgrading to a PS Four Pro and getting the limited edition Kingdom Hearts Three model, and he will not get that version now. And Wait, so he's sucks. still it's still he's still pre-ordered for a PS4? Yeah, he so he this was how he had pre-ordered Kingdom Hearts 3 too. So like I assume oh. today he probably went out. I mean they refunded him, but I assume today he okay. went out and just bought a PS4. God, that just sucks so bad. But yeah, this was the one that he wanted. I hate everything that they've done so far with this particular console. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I feel like it had so much potential potential when they initially announced it like i i wanted one mm-hmm. so bad everybody wanted one and they they should have just made more because they could have sold obviously many more than they made um such a bummer yeah my friend and co-host uh brian Novich and jackson ended up uh importing it from japan uh so he still got it he still got the console just the japanese one yeah what can you do with that it, uh, PS4 is not region locked, so it works fine in the US. Um, but you have to pay a fucking arm and a leg for shipping um, to, to get it here. So, Well, you know what you don't need to pay an arm and a leg for? To become a Patreon supporter of this podcast. Uh, I'm going to do it. Darian was tasked to it with it, but she's now looking at how to import a, a <laughs> PS4 from Japan. So... It's only six hundred fifty-four dollars. It's fine. You can do it. You can do it. Amazon.co.jp. Uh, Last Geek uh, has launched a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/LastGeek to make great content like this podcast. For the low, low price of five dollars a month, you can get a shout out on each and every episode of Race at Gamecast, like Aaron C and Dragon Lucas did. Thank you. We appreciate uh, you. Shout out to Dragon Z Lucas or Dragons Lucas. Uh, it's that sounds every, like it's a, de- a hotly debated name. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Z Lucas. Yep. Uh, he seems <laughs> like, or she seems like, a super cool person. I'm fairly certain it's a dude. I don't know. I don't. His name's I don't Lucas. Assume. 
Are you sure it's not Dragon? Yes, I'm sure, because the four times he's come into my chat, he told me it's fine that I call him Lucas. Okay. Because Teddy always scrutinizes me. Lucas can be a girl's name. Yeah, but it's an unfortunate girl's name. Shots fired at all girls named Lucas. <laughs> no, it's not unfortunate. The topic of this show. That's, 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 that's. Uh, all this uh, <laughs> epic uh, news has us talking about more epic things. The Epic Game Store is trying to bring down Steam, the store that basically made PC gaming what it is today. Does Epic have, it, uh, have what it takes to bring down the monster? And if it does, is it the best for gamers? Darren, give me that take. I think that if anybody has the potential that Epic does. Um, is it good? Is it mm, good? I think, it's, I think it'll be good for consumers because uh, if people are competing more, it will affect prices, right? So like if Valve and Epic are competing or if the people who are putting their games on there are competing, I think, I think it could show... Better sales, things like that. I don't know. I think it could be good for us, though. Because if they're competing, it can mean good things for the consumer. That's my stance. <laughs> if what Deep Silver is saying about the cut, because um, Epic is giving them a better uh, cut in terms of uh, sales, um, they're saying, like, hey, with this extra money, we can put that both to making better games for you and maybe cheaper prices so if that if that holds true i would think yes it is good for gamers what do you think alex so are are you familiar with like the the way the valve uh the like the valve versus developer cut works it it's uh valve takes 30 percent on steam mm -hmm. but if you accumulate a gross annual like a gross income of a certain amount of millions of dollars the cut will slowly change to be more in favor of the developer but you have to like i think it's like 1.2 million is like the percentage will change to like 75 25 don't quote me on these I, these are just kind of like me paraphrasing this this thing that i i learned on the easy allies podcast a while ago they had a great conversation about it there but um essentially like as you hit certain thresholds, like I think there's one at like a little over a million and then 5 million and 10 million, 12 million, like the, then the cut will change to be more in favor of the developer, but you have to make that much money first. I think that includes stuff like DLC and, and microtransactions, but I'm not positive on that. Well, is that per game or per developer per game? Um, so th that the big publishers, right? Like, that's why I think uh, Steam sales like ha help those cuts a lot, and I think I, don't, I think the the Valve cut changes depending on on how much it's discounted, things like that. But Epic Games out the gate is like minimum you are getting eighty eight percent, and we are getting twelve. And I think it's better if you make it with their engine. Yeah, I well I think they if I heard something about like. If you are publishing on the Epic Game Store, like you can use Epic, the Unreal Engine, like totally uh, open source. And I know, like, Epic is pushing like a ton of tools on the Unreal Engine side of things. So, do you think that uh, Epic is going to be the place to go for indie developers? 
I think at the start, it's it's. I think it, I liken it a lot to like Bandcamp. Like I buy a lot of my music on Bandcamp because I know it's a better cut for the musician. Um, and you know, like I consider myself a relatively conscious consumer, right? If I bought PC games, I would probably start buying them on the, on the Epic Game Store because I like to support developers more. Uh, that's just like a personal thing. Uh, it's why I buy games new. It's why I buy a lot of games digital. Um, I don't buy used games for that reason, right? Even though it's you know, maybe a better deal for the consumer, but I, I'm like, I love this thing, or I, I like this game. I want to support the developer. So I think, yeah, indie games especially are going to get a better deal there, but also uh, it the Epic Games Store is currently curated as opposed to Val- Steam, which is kind of curated, but it, like the oversaturation is ridiculous. I I echo a lot of what Darian said. Like, I think competition is going to make Valve have to step up their game. They've been the king for too long, and like things like Itchio and and whatnot have kind of created new spaces for smaller developers to to finally make a better profit and whatnot. But they're not big like Epic is, and Epic just has so much money to throw around. Like, I think they they have a lot of clout. I don't think this is something that dethrones Steam, but I think it is something that could run concurrently with Steam, a la like a Microsoft to a PlayStation. Um, although, God, I don't want to live in that world where people are like, I'm an Epic Games guy and I only buy stuff on that store uh, just because that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I, I really hope that we... The, the the beauty of PC gaming is that you can literally have all of these. And there's definitely... I mean, you don't... It's annoying to have to have like 10 different launchers because, oh, I want to play my Steam games and I want to play Overwatch and I want to play Hades. And then suddenly you've got like like a bunch of different programs just to play to play and download your games. Yeah. So I, I can see that, you know, people not wanting to have them all, but like there's nothing that really stops you from having them all. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like platforms like um, Humble Store are great. Oh, I love the Humble Store because I'm get, like, you know, getting discount prices, helping people, but I'm still getting Steam codes at the end of the day. Yeah, and also like you can then download. You can like, choose how much goes to the developer as well. Yeah, and they'll sometimes give you DRM free copies. Yeah, a DRM free copy, right? So like, there there are great other platforms, but none of them are just big enough to challenge Steam. Like the thing Valve needs above all is just somebody to challenge them to like actually put them in a difficult position which no one has yet and i think yeah. that will result i think epic has now yeah and i, I think that's going to result in them changing some of their practices and 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 maybe making things better for consumers and better for developers i think we're already seeing that fight starting where where they're kind of starting to slowly tweak stuff to, trying to trying to slow the 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 stem of of people jumping ship over there and what's uh, interesting is uh, i think that it might be the way epic is playing it right now is that like people are exclusive to um epic like there, there's nobody who's just on both right now to right. my knowledge yeah i can't think of anything off the top of my head at least i bet there's pro- there might be something but there was also an argument that uh, Boogie2988 brought up that like Steam started as a launcher for um, its early games. Yeah, it was just Steam games or Valve games. Well, yeah, Valve games like Half-Life 2, um, its shooter, the Counter-Strike. Overwatch, no. 
Team Fortress 2. Team Fortress, things like that. That's what Steam started as, and that's where Epic's launchers started as, as the Fortnite. I mean, yeah, it was it was just Fortnite, but like after Fortnite, they like a lot of the things on their store are not them. They've got Right. So that's where Steam started with yeah. its own game. So you already had the launcher and then they started adding more things to their store. Epic copied that. I mean, obviously you have to have a game to start with. Like, you know, any all all of the launchers have I guess the only one who doesn't have their own thing is Discord and technically Twitch, but like those definitely aren't people's primaries because they don't have exclusive. No one is exclusively using the Twitch launcher. No one's using exclusively the Discord store. Right. I guess more the argument is that they started with their own game. Their own game is really successful, yeah. and then they expanded. So, like, a lot of people already have it. Yeah. Nobody's getting it for the purpose of getting the store. Everybody already has Fortnite. So now they're just adding a feature to that launcher, giving it more purpose, and actually giving Steam a run for its money. I guess I ended up getting the Epic Game Store for Hades. I honestly, mm-hmm. I download the Epic Game Store and they're like, Fortnite? And I'm like, no, please. Like, it literally tried installing Sir, Fortnite. Please put your Fortnite away. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you, we know what you're here for. It's Fortnite. I'm like, hey, Hades, this one. <laughs> No, 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 the other one, the other one. Please so stay away it definitely yeah. seems like they are very much like Fortnite. But while you're here, yeah, are you interested like, in this other game? That's the way you do it, right? Like the cool thing is, like Fortnite is now a platform for them to deliver a better deal for game developers and and more interesting indie games like Ashen or or Hades and things like that. So like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I'll, it's definitely great to see them push each other, and I'm. I'm willing to keep the Epic Game uh, Store on my um, computer, uh, you know, to play their exclusives. If it's on both, I'm going to go Steam just because it's nice to have everything there. Um, But, you know, in terms of what it's doing for the industry, I'm I'm glad for this competition. Yeah, it's cool. And keep in mind, Epic Game Store has been around for like two months and we're... It's already a big part of the conversation. Oh yeah, but I mean they they have the money and they're making like Fortnite came in. They got so much money off that, and they're like, "What can we do with it?" And they're like, "Destroy everything." <laughs> they're making moves. I don't know. That's cool. It's cool to see. It's kind of like uh, I've been saying like over the last year, Nintendo's been making some like fucking shrewd moves. I, I feel like Epic Games is making some shrewd moves too. Uh, well, do you want to make a shrewd move? Uh, yeah, you can be part of the show by going to readysetgamecast.com slash submit to submit a question, comment, or your favorite Batman for us to read on the show. Have I ever submitted a comment for you guys or a question? Uh, I'm not if, sure. If you do, I don't recall. Okay. It was probably the one after you were on the, probably. On Maybe. the show. Um, actually, I don't want your favorite Batman. I don't give a fuck about your favorite Batman. Please tell me your favorite Xehanort. Thanks. <laughs> Ooh, is it favorite there's, there's thirteen of them to choose from. Xenonort, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, man. I like Xemnas a lot. I like to uh, remember the final boss, Kingdom Hearts two, where he's got like the black and white cloak on. I think it looks oh cool. Oh my god, Xemnas's voice is like chocolate. Yeah. I, I just want to oh pour it over my back. God, yep. Uh, over your back. <laughs> Wait a second. Give me those crinkle tinkles. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pour it on my chest and let it melt down to my genitals. Yes. Sorry, that's a Ninja Sex Party reference. I'm it sorry. is a Ninja Sex Party reference. <laughs> I 
fucking adore you for it. <laughs> I feel like all of these questions were submitted uh, during our Game of the Year episode that we recorded yesterday because there was some confusion about what was going on. But I included mm-hmm. the ones that are still relevant. So first off, we've got not Teddy's girlfriend. Uh, first time seeing you all this year. Hope you all have a great holiday season. What was your favorite moment of 2018, both gaming and non-gaming? Also, they asked, did Teddy ever wash his sheets? I'm just going to say no to that one. Teddy's not here. He did. I'm going I'm to say he didn't do it. No, the week or the next episode after that discussion, he confirmed he washed his sheets. Were you not listening? I prefer not to. This is a bad podcast. I don't listen to it. <laughs> wow. I listen to every episode. You're not a true fan. You're not a true fan of Kingdom Hearts. You're not a true fan of your own podcast. What do you stand for, Bryce? If you stand for nothing, what will you fall for, Bryce? Damn it, I was going to go for that, but you deserve <laughs> it because you've actually seen Hamilton recently. I saw Hamilton uh, two days ago, and uh, I'm here for it. So, um, Well, what were you here for in 2018, Alex O'Neill? Gaming and non-gaming? Um, I, uh, I, had, I had a lot of really bad moments in, in 2018, unfortunately. It was, it was a, a generally difficult year for me, but I would say uh, some of the best moments I had, um, PAX East... Uh, 2018, uh, having like a, a full kind of team there with me and, and covering that event, and, uh, just living our best life, so to speak. Uh, certainly, certainly a highlight for me. I think that whole weekend was was awesome and and was really inspiring for me. So I would I would put that as as my number one. Uh, got a non gaming favorite. <sighs> I saw it. I, I did it in 2019, but I saw Hamilton, y'all. It's pretty lit. <laughs> that was the best gaming moment of. Um, uh, Darian. Best, best 2018. All of it. Nice. Nothing but hits in 2018. Every Everything she did was this. Every moment got better. Can I say being on this podcast was my favorite gaming moment of 2018? Yeah, we'll yes. take it. I don't think it's accurate, though. I mean, it was up there. I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. My favorite thing about Alex O'Neill is how willing he is to lie to us. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Did I, I'm pretty sure I messaged Bryce afterwards and said it was some of the most fun, like one of the most fun podcasts I've ever been on. I, oh, it yeah. was a long I time ago. I met Kratos in 2018. I fell in love and found the only love I'll ever have in 2018. His name is Kratos. His name is Z- Zeno Nord. <laughs> His name is Zeno. No, actually, I can't Norton. joke about this. <laughs> I'm here for that. You know what? Whatever he's got to do, I'm, you know, he's probably not even willing. I'll probably have to save him, and that's fine because I will. I'll do anything for him. Aw. Okay. Um,. I met the love of my life in 2018, and I will never be able to go back. I would... Okay, in terms of my 2018, my 2018 started like a downhill slide of just everything going bad. But, you know, by the end of it, I was kind of getting in in one of the best places I've been. But I'm going to say the coolest moment, and it's it's like the first part of what I hope is going to be like a really a thing that's going to continue is doing game it corp live at uh 2d con. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. Was it awesome? It, I mean, it was scary. We, we did a live show. <laughs> hey, I was a dumbass, And because we, we tried to record it. And of course, 
about halfway through the live show, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to hit start recording. <laughs> so we only have the second uh, half of it for the, the people. It's a Patreon-exclusive episode. Um, but there there was only maybe, like, ten people in the room, but it was cool to have people come out to, like, watch us make our dumb jokes. And I, I'm so scared of public speaking, which, like... I don't think people would would think just like hearing me, but I just spent the entire time just like talking to Beckers. Like I was just looking at her, and occasionally would make eye contact with the audience of like, yes, I acknowledge that you're here. But the few times that like we were talking about like ox and gonorrhea, and we heard actual people <laughs> laughing because usually it's just me and Beckers seeing if we can make each other laugh. But mm-hmm. literally hearing the audience laugh was like. This is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. Uh, in terms of gaming, I guess uh, the end of God of War was really cool. Um, okay, uh, next question. The guy who yells my leg in SpongeBob. <laughs> my leg! <laughs> what are your thoughts on Nintendo's delay on Metroid Prime 4? And how are they being upfront with the whole starting development completely from scratch from, from a different studio message? I'm going to give that exclusively to Alex because I feel like Darian knows nothing about this. Um, the, it's, it's a bummer, right? Like, so Metro Prime 4 obviously announced almost two years ago. And now they're saying, like, hey, it's, we're starting over. It's probably going to be at least two or three years before we, we get that game, at least. Um, but one, they're, they're bringing Retro Studios into it um and i think that's going to result just in a better game it's going to be a game that the people that like that franchise are going to connect with more but also i think retro is going to be able to 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 kind of follow through on on maybe some ideas that they had for that that franchise um but the bigger thing is like it's just a very transparent thing uh to do like them putting out this video this three four minute video just saying like hey we announced this too early um, development isn't going well. We have to restart. We're confident that restarting with retro is going to make a big difference, uh, and we're sorry that it's going to take longer. But but we want to we want to give you guys a game that that is worth waiting. Uh, I think that's awesome, and it's just that level of transparency is a thing that just doesn't happen from Japanese video game developers. Like the comparison that was that's been brought up a lot is basically this exact same thing happened with Final Fantasy VII remake. But Square Enix has said nothing about it. I thought they did. Like very, very little. Like they they didn't say straight out like, "Hey, we are restarting development on this game." But they rumors came out that they canceled and scrapped everything that CyberConnect had made that game, and that they're moving development of that game in house. So essentially, again, they had a thing, they scrapped it, and they're starting over development and changing the direction of the project. Um, but all of that has come out from news stories or, or or hearsay and things that just we can't confirm and Square Enix mm. has said absolutely nothing on it. Nintendo like directly to the consumer saying like this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it and we think this is going to make this better. Uh, it's just it's it's something that that Japanese video game developers do not do uh, and it it's exciting because it Nintendo is important and people follow their lead in a lot of ways. I think this could be a good sign for that kind of um, development. I mean, like this happened with Final Fantasy 15. This definitely happened with Crackdown. But again, like 
no one we didn't know what was going on with that game for years and years and years. It's happened multiple times with multiple games. And usually in cases like Persona 5, like it happened to Persona 5, for example. Um, but like that was before the game was announced, right? It was it was very early on in development. And it's it's not a thing that people know about because it just happens. Like things happen, people have to scrap projects. Nintendo announced Metroid Prime 4 too early, and they were honest and upfront about it. And I think that it sets a great precedent for developers and it it shows from the reception to this announcement that people can be understanding if you're just honest with them yeah Uh, the video game industry is way too secretive in a lot of cases uh and it ends up hurting people more than it helps so i think this is a is a good thing even if it is a bummer um for for fans that were looking forward to that game well uh big fan of our podcast zyger totally he told me one time i'm i'm gonna I'm not making things up. Uh, Zyger uh, asked uh, specifically to Darian, who does Dexterity ship in Kingdom Hearts? PogChamp. This is a great question. I want to know. So I'm a super hardcore Sora Kairi shipper and Akuroku. Axel Roxas is my second favorite ship. And I, I like I like the idea of like the Riku Shion ship, but obviously that will never ever happen. I just yeah. think it's really cute because she was never real. She was. I mean, she Don't, became. She's real. real to me. God damn it! No, she developed a heart before she went into we Sora. We can cultivate hearts, y'all. She cried. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to Bryce about this on anymore. <laughs> before we can wrap up the show, we need to get into housekeeping. Grab that broom and let's. Uh, go to lastgeek.com for links to the podcast on all your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, as well as the video version on youtube.com slash lastgeek. If you like this show, if you have been enjoying this content, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes and Stitcher and maybe Spotify, Podchaser. There's a few things. If at any point you're on an app and see a thing where there's stars, click those stars. It helps us grow and become more powerful. <laughs> I like that. That was a Thank good you. job. Uh, Thank you. There is a new Gamut Corp episode out, as per usual. Darian, what is it? I don't. I'm, we're like two episodes ahead in terms of recording, so I can't remember the last one we put out. Uh, it was Animals 2.0. I actually haven't listened to that one yet. Yep, Animals 2.0. No, yeah, I have. Where we where we talk about going out in the wilderness and putting trackers in raccoons so you can battle them against giraffes. Why won't you let me on this show? <laughs> Do you not think I'm funny? I'll I'll talk to Beckers, but we've been burned Do before. It. I'll have to favorite and keep that one forever. I, I love improv. I feel like I could do all right. There's a lot of people that are like, you are funny, but then they, they improv is hard, and it took us quite a few episodes for us to finally get it down. But you know something that Darian totally has down? Telling us where people can find her. I'm at Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Dexterity.com. D-E-X-T-E-R-I-D-E. Ask me. I'm Darian. Hi. Dexterity. Alex O'Neill. Pimp everything. Tell us everything about you right now. Okay, real quick. Uh, I'll try. Uh, my name is Alex O'Neill. Uh, I like long walks on the beat. Um, 
I uh, I host a video game podcast called Irrational Passions Podcast. It is a product of a website called irrationalpassions.com, uh, where I am the editor of a small team of, of passionate folks that that write, that make videos, that podcast, that do shows about video games. Uh, I think we do some cool stuff just to highlight a couple of quick things. Uh, we do a show called Video Game Book Club. We just recorded. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of monthly scheduled show where we play a game um, and we set checkpoints and we play the game up until that checkpoint and we get together and we talk about what we think of the game up until that point and then we do the next, the rest of the game, et cetera, et cetera, and talk through a game as we play it. It's a book club, you know. You read a book and, and, and talk about it as you read it. We play a game and we talk about it as we play it. And you can play along with us. The game that we uh, are playing for February is uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I love it. It's beautiful. It's great. Uh, you should play along with us. Um, Irrational Passions Podcast. We just uh, recorded an episode this week where we talked about Resident Evil 2 um, and and stuff like that. I'm trying to think of other things we talked about. Uh, NPDs. We, we had a great segment about the uh, 2018 NPDs. Uh, there's a show called Input on there. It's about uh, video game culture news. They just did an episode about the Epic Game Store. If you want to hear more conversations about that, um, uh, we just put out this amazing uh, little video series uh, about kind of like our emotional connections and attachments to the Kingdom Hearts franchise, edited by Scott White, who's incredibly talented. Uh, if you like Kingdom Hearts, you should watch them. It's kind of us telling these stories about where we were in our lives when we played the first game, the second game, what we think might happen to the third one, things like that. Um, Rational Passions does a bunch of cool stuff, and we are doing more cool stuff in 2019. Um, we're going to be at PAX East, things like that. It's going to be a good year for us. So if you like video games, maybe check it out. Okay. And that leaves me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at LastGeek, uh, Instagram at LastGeekPlays, uh, Twitch at Last Geek Plays uh, and Mixer at Last Geek. I don't stream there, but maybe one day. I keep I keep going. <laughs> maybe today is the day, and then I don't. Um, but for links to this podcast and my social media, it's buried in there. Uh, is lastgeek.com, and that is this episode of Ready Set Gamecast. Thank you to everyone who's listened, watched, and and uh, contributed to the show. And we will see you again in two weeks. And thank you, Alex, for appearing on the show with us and being our guest because Teddy is being a real adult person. Thank you, guys. This is so much fun. You are welcome.